I do have something I want to preach to you about. Lord spoke to me about it last week, and I want to uh, get it across to you if I can. If, if I can get it across to you, I think it'll give you revival. And uh, this church needs revival, not because it's small, but because it's a church. Amen. Uh, the church that we go to is a little bigger, but it needs revival. And the church that I go to is a little bigger than this, but I promise you it has the same problems and the same kind of people, and it's, uh, it's, it's no better, it's no worse, it's no different. It's a church, and it needs revival, it needs help, and this one does too. I know that that's a fact. Uh, in my prayers, I try to pray for preachers that I know, pastors that I know, and along with praying for those fellas, I know that if they're a pastor, then they got folks in the congregation, and I know that those people have the same needs that you do. You got a cousin you know needs to be saved, don't you? Well, so does those people up there in Delaware. All churches have the same problem. Let me tell you this right off the bat. If you think you can jump ship from here and go somewhere else where it'll be different, you got yourself another thing coming. The only th now listen, the only thing that might be different more or less is they might believe the book more or less. That you can get different varieties of that. But when you're talking about people, you're getting people, no matter where you go, no matter what. And the most spiritual people that you know need revival. They need help. Uh, for all have sinned and come short. And uh, I'm saved. Let's see, who all saved in the building? Everybody in here saved? You're all saved and come short of the glory of God. <laughs> Is that true or false? Well, I mean, then we all need help. We all need revival. And I think if you would take, uh, take heed to the message, really, uh, Brother Mike, I heard you preach that message tonight, and I believe it. Well, that ain't going to do you much good. You've got to put it into action. You've got to do something with it and use it. And if you'll do that, then you'll get something out of it, and the church will get something out of it. And I believe the church will grow. And the church growing is not going to, it's not going to um, solve all the problems but a church ought to grow. But sometimes the problems that you do have will keep a church from growing. And because the emphasis is not on growing. When I say growing, I mean people getting saved and people getting discipled and people growing. And it's, it's hard for folks to grow this day and time. You can get somebody to make a profession of faith, but it's hard to get them to grow. And it's, uh, we live in America, right? Independence, declaration. We started with the Declaration of Independence, right? Well, Indep Declaration of Independence uh, is now not only the national uh, hurrah, but it's the national anthem of every individual on the planet. You know, I'm independent. You're independent. You can't tell me. I can't tell you. So I just love you and you love me and we'll all be all right. But you won't be revived that way. Uh, so you need you need uh, a church. You need a Bible. You need a direct. You need direction. Uh, you need a leader. See, this is fun for me because I really couldn't preach this message uh, when I was the pastor here. I couldn't really preach this message because you preach a message like this and you think, well, brother brother Mike's preaching in favor of himself. Well, I'm not the pastor here now, so I can preach it. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a few things that you probably won't ever hear 
your own pastor do, Brother Nathan, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preach a message and then I'm going to say a few things which will be absolutely rejected by most preachers uh, in this day and time, but I, I quit caring about that a long time ago. Uh, we're, you're independent Baptist until somebody says something you disagree with, then you don't have a right to say that. Why? Because we're independent? Uh, if we're independent, then you can't tell me what to say, right? So, but that's the case. We're independent until you disagree with somebody. And then, then you want to be the Pope all of a sudden. They mean, well, I, I decree that you can't say that. Well, you can't stop me. So, uh, <laughs> that, so I'm just going to, I'm going to say, I'm going to preach the message. And then I'm going to uh, kind of maybe give a five or ten minute altar call with, with some other, other things. And so if you disagree with it, you just need to get right with God. Amen. See how I said that with a smile? That was so nice and sweet. I still contend that I'm the sweetest preacher that there is, the nicest preacher that there is. There's not a lot of people that agrees with that, but I agree with it. Uh, almost everything I say, I smile about it. Amen? That's a, I don't know, been a long time. It's been like 1992 since I had a face-to-face argument with somebody. I mean, most people argue with you online or something like that, but that ain't real. You know, that ain't real. <laughs> Uh, if I make a post on Facebook and you argue with that, that ain't even real. You're not, you're just, who are you talking to? You're not talking to me because I'm not checking the post again most of the time to see if anybody agreed with it or not. So who are you arguing with? Listen, if I preach tonight and you go tell one of your buddies, I don't agree with that. That's not hurting me none. Come tell me. Right? That's the way it ought to be. Uh, can I be real? I'm going to be real whether I get permission or not. I've had some folks leave the church here since I've been gone from here and call me. Brother Mike, I just had to leave. I just couldn't deal with Brother Nathan no more. Why don't you tell Nathan? Call and tell Nathan because you think you're going to get me to agree with you about how he's wrong? I, I taught him. Can I say that? Okay, well, you're not going to get me to... This, I'd have to argue with myself. I'd have to condemn myself. Now, if he starts teaching, you know, pedo-baptism or something like that, baptizing babies, then, you know, uh, but still don't call me because I, I can't do nothing about it. We're independents. <laughs> See how that goes? But if you call me and tell me you got mad and left, I'm going to tell you you're wrong. You need to get back in here. Yeah. 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 I, you say, well, that's the way I feel about it. That's the way I'd feel about it if I was here. So I'm going to preach to you tonight about character Christianity because, listen, I'm talking to you tonight. I'm not talking to people that's left. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you folks here tonight. I wasn't called here to preach to folks that are gone or nothing like that. But I, uh, brother, brother Nathan asked me to come here and preach to you, so I'm going to preach to you, and uh, that'll be best, preaching to somebody that's gone or talking bad about somebody that's gone. That ain't really going to help nothing. Uh, you might be happy, <laughs> you might say amen about it, but that ain't really going to help you, but this will help you, and so I'm preaching to you tonight about character Christianity, and I'm going to tell you, probably every one of you in this room have a favorite preacher, don't you? And it's, it's probably because of his character. Now, when I, was, when I was a younger fella, I heard a message by, I believe it was, Jack Howes. I couldn't swear to that, but I believe it was Jack Howes, 
and he preached about character Christianity. And this message, I think I stole it one time because it's pretty good. And he gave the illustration of a typewriter. You, some of you don't know what typewriters are. But you used to have to mash buttons, and when you mashed a button, this arm swung out of the machinery and hit the piece of paper like that, and it had the little letter A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Those are called characters. And it struck the paper, and it actually it didn't print the letter on the paper. It made an indention on the paper and filled that indention with ink. In other words, if you didn't have any ink, and I don't think they even used ink really, I think they used some kind of toner, but if you didn't have any toner or ink in the typewriter, it would hit the paper and you could pull the paper out, you could see the F or the G or the B or whatever letter you hit, you could see it there in the paper if you look real close, but you see it better if it's filled with ink because it, it's in the paper now, it's a part of the character, like when your mama taught you not to steal and you didn't steal when you grew up. That's character. Right? Your mama whooped you backside with the belt and told you not to steal nothing or tell no lies or stuff like that. You grew up as an honest young man. Like You don't teach honesty in school. You teach honesty with the belt. And then they grow up and they don't tell lies and they don't go to prison. You teach honesty in school by saying, please don't tell lies, and then they grow up and tell lies and steal and go to jail. That's the way that works. The Bible says that the heart of the child is it's full of foolishness, and you've got to drive it out of them with the belt. Amen. And you don't have to do it once a month. Just do it one good time. They'll get the message. Uh, I gave all of my girls whoopings about once or twice apiece, and their mama might have gave them one, one or two. And they're doing all right. They could turn bad tomorrow, but I ain't talking about tomorrow. I'm talking about so far. I don't know nothing about tomorrow, do you? But I know what so far. So far it worked pretty good. And Tori, there's 21. She gets out of line tomorrow. I'll whoop her tomorrow. But so far I ain't had to do that. Just do it a couple times. Let them know you mean business. And live right in front of them. Whatever you tell them. Whatever you tell them to do or don't do, that's up to you as a mom and daddy, and you better read the Bible and see what God says about that as well. But whatever you tell them not to do, don't do it yourself. And whatever you tell them to do, you do that yourself. And things will turn out pretty good just by that because your kids like you. Brother Clint, your kids like you. That's just the way it goes. That little girl likes you, don't she, Tommy? Yes, that's, they like you. They're already on your side. But the best way I know of to get them off of your side is to tell them to do something and you do something else. They're not going to be on your side very long. Those are, those are human beings. You know how you can look at somebody and you'll be like, they ain't, they ain't doing right, and kind of get this you know, bitterness between you. You look at them. They say they do something. They say they're a good Christian. Of course, these days and time, you're supposed to love everybody and you know, you know, just have God the grace. I don't believe that. No more than a man in the moon. I do believe in grace, but I don't believe, I don't believe I'll ever look at, uh, you know, some of these people that's on television and just say, well, you know, I know they're homosexuals and everything, but, you know, I just have all the grace. No, you, you give grace when they ask for it. They say, hey, I know my life is contrary to yours, and, and now, I, you know, I'm going to, still be the way I am, but I want you to accept me. The answer is no. 
But when, hey, I know I'm offending you with my lifestyle, I'm going to try to do better. Will you help me? Okay, there's where the grace comes in. Amen. And you're not the, you're not the, the end all be all. You're not the standard. The Bible's the standard. We understand that, but we are trying to live by Bible standards, ain't we? Well, we still got some things to work on. We understand that we're coming short, don't we? But we, can't, we quit stealing, right? Uh, me and Brother Nathan today, we were talking about some guy molesting a child. Uh, none of us ever done that, right? Like everybody in the room, you should be emphatic about that right now. Well, you know, I'm not very ready to have grace on somebody like that. He said, well, God, God, well, see, God knows everything about today and tomorrow. And this, I don't know what you're going to do tomorrow. So you molesting kids, I, you know, best thing, I don't, I, I just don't know what to tell you about that. Well, you're supposed to have grace. Well, I ain't going to do it. So, I mean, I don't know what to tell you about that. You, all I know is if somebody living contrary to the way God already showed me I'm supposed to live, then I can't walk with them until we get in agreement. And that's not a lack of grace. That's an abundance of caution and good sense. That's, that's just the way that is. So what I'm talking to you, what I'm going to talk to you tonight is about this character thing is it's not about, I gave you the example of, of character and character Christianity, but the kind of character Christianity I want to talk to you about tonight is it, remember I asked you if you had a favorite preacher? This character Christianity I'm going to talk to you about is why you like that particular preacher you like. And be mindful right here at the start, I don't care who it is. You like who you want to, and you hear a good preacher, uh, that's good and wonderful. I'm not saying you can't do that. But I'm going to give you a better reason to like the preacher than the one you already got. Because some of you, you got a favorite preacher, and the reason that he's your favorite preacher is he does what I've done so far. He gets up and talks, and he's real even-killed, and everything's just that way. And for somebody else in the room, you might like the preacher that gets back in a fight and stands there. Bless God. God's going to get you. God's going to whoop you. God's going to save you. God's going to love you. And just... Can go like that for 45, 50 minutes. That might be, that might be what you like and why you like it. That you see what I'm talking about now. That's a character. Uh, if I said cartoon character, you would know a little more. You'd have a better reference of what I'm talking about tonight. Character Christianity. Uh, because listen, folks that like Jack Howes don't usually like Dr. Ruckman, and folks that like Dr. Ruckman don't usually like. Uh, uh, Billy Graham. Right? And pretty, pretty soon it becomes a style, a character, a tone of voice. And that's, you're, I'm afraid you like a character more than the thing you should like. And the thing that you should like is what we're going to talk about. Let me, did I pray yet? Of course I didn't. <clears throat> Got up here and started running my mouth, didn't I? Let me pray. Lord, thank you for your goodness and for your grace. And Lord, I do know beyond a shadow of a doubt that this will help us as individuals. It will help us as a church. 
And I pray that you'd help us as a church. I pray you'd stir our hearts and challenge us, dear God. And Lord, I thank you and praise you for allowing me to be here. I wish my wife could be here with me. I know she wants to be here. I know she's listening. And Lord, I pray that you'd help them, bless them where they are. I hate to be separated from them. Uh, but Lord, I do thank you for your goodness and grace and letting me and my daughter be here tonight, God. I pray that you would, uh, that you would use me while I'm here. I pray, oh God, that you would bless, and I pray, God, that you'd do a work in this church, God, that I know you want to do, and Lord, I'll thank you and praise you for all that you do. In Jesus Christ's name, I ask these things, amen, amen. All right, now, uh, John chapter 5, let me read the scripture here. Let me, let's start reading in verse number 39, and I really want to read 37 and 38 too, but I, I might come back and read that in a minute. Verse number 39, I lost my glasses the other day, so I have to get exactly the right distance uh, before I can be able to see it. Search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify me. Now let me read verse 43, because 43 is really the text verse. I am come in my Father's name, and you receive me not. Now we're on God's side, right? Uh, we believe, you know, a trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. We believe that kind of stuff. But he says, he says, I am come in my Father's name and you receive me not. In other words, you're not on the Father's side. So let me ask you right off, just a simple message tonight. Are you on the Father's side? Now, ain't that most important? Hey, do you like, uh, let me think of some good preachers. You like Lester Roloff? Or do you like Cody Zorn? I like both of those. I'm not putting those guys on opposite ends of the spectrum. But you know, that's, that's uh, both of those guys have totally different characters. They have different styles. One of them's wide open, and I love it. Let, uh, Cody Zorn, he's wide open, and I love it. Uh, Lester Roloff, pretty even killed. Lester Roloff talking a monotone and scald. Your hide. Amen. That's good preaching. I like both of those. Amen. But you, somebody says to me, they said, hey, have you heard, uh, have you heard, I get this question a lot because I don't believe in the gap theory. Uh, they say, hey, do you know uh, Gene Kim? Have you heard, uh, have you heard Gene Kim? I get that a lot. Uh, you know, me and Brother Nathan was talking about that today. And they'll say to me, they say, have you heard uh, Brian Donovan? They'll say, have you heard Lester Roloff? And really, my answer for those things really has become, and they'll say, have you heard Gene Kim? I heard what he said. Have you heard Lester Roloff? I heard what he said. Uh, we had a preacher on Sunday morning. Somebody said, uh, what did you think about that? And I said, well, I heard what he said, and I'm still thinking about whether I like it or not. Now, I haven't done my due diligence, so I still ain't made up my mind yet about that particular sermon. Sometimes I can't figure it out for a little while. Sometimes I like to think about it. But I'm not even thinking about whether I like the guy that preached the message or not. Because to me, that's irrelevant. Paul the Apostle came to town one time and preached. And the Bereans, because the Bible says they were noble said they went home and searched the scriptures to find out whether the things were so. 
Now, when, uh, when you read your Bible, you're going to find characters. There is no way to get rid of characters. Elijah and Daniel are not the same people. But they both serve the Father. That's what he's saying here. He says in verse 43, I am come in my Father's name and you receive me not. Well, what a coincidence. I didn't receive Daniel either. They didn't receive Elijah either. A lot of times there's somebody preaching the hard truth and that's what truths are. It's hard. Like if, it, if those things that you hear from preachers weren't hard, you wouldn't have had to get got up and come down here tonight. You could have figured it out yourself right there in your living room. But that's not the way God set it up. God said get up off the couch and get down to the house of God and, and, and meet together. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Because there's some hard things that has to be said and it takes, it takes a preacher with some guts to get up and look at people in the face who he loves and cares about and say, hey, you're wrong about that right there. You better get that straight. That takes some gumption. And I might add, it takes love to do that. Amen. Ain't none of you mamas ever told your kids to stop their lying and stop their belly aching and stop their complaining. None of you ever told them that because you didn't like them. Is that true or right? And all this talk about love is being talked about by people who don't know what love is. They have no idea what love is. And all these people that are talking about hard preaching are the hardest preachers you ever heard in your life. You got fellas right around here that talk about how hard Brother Nathan is and how hard Brother Mike is and how hard Brother Mark is. They talk about how hard that if you went and sat in their church for a couple of weeks, you'd find out they was calling people right out. Hey, uh, hey, John, you old stupid idiot, you old rotten devil. That ain't me. And then say, oh, I can't stand this hard preaching. Well, what was that? You just called the guy's name out, embarrassed him in front of 40, 50 other people. That ain't hard. What, what are you talking about? You don't know what you're talking about. Amen. What it is, is some other preacher has a different character than me, and I'm upset now. My congregation might start liking him, so I'm going to have to start putting that down. That's what that is. That's what that character. Listen, uh, when I read Daniel, when I read about Elijah, when I read about John the Baptist, well, I'm reading different guys. You know what? I tend to like them all. You know who the nicest preacher in the Bible is? Right here. We're reading it right here. John. He's the nicest preacher in the Bible. Amen. John the Baptist. John the Baptist? He's cold-blooded. John the Baptist down there baptizing people and looks up over on the other shore and sees some folks come down. He goes, who told you devils to come down here? A lot of people got mad and left Jesus. And Jesus turned around to his other friends and said, y'all want to go too? This day and time, you're supposed to chase people. You know what I hadn't figured out yet? I'm going to try to take the whole hour, okay? <laughs> you know what I hadn't figured out yet? I hadn't figured out why somebody gets mad and leaves the church. 
And then church members come and tell the preacher, so Brother Mike, you know, I think you was, you know, pretty rough, pretty wrong. Did, did you go tell them that? Go tell them. Go tell them. My preacher, I just don't understand why you made those people mad. Go tell them, say, hey, I don't understand why you mad the preacher. You say, you're taking up for Brother Nathan? No, I'm taking up for the preacher. There ain't no, there ain't no Brother Nathan in this church. There's no Brother Allen at my church. There's no Brother Mike at my church. There's a preacher there, though. Amen. All you folks, you like Brother Nathan, do you? But there ain't no Brother Nathan sitting up here right now. That's a preacher. I, that's an that's a ordained pastor in the church of the living God. You know, when Brother Nathan sat up here, oh, this is so, this is so Catholic. This is, I'm going to get in trouble for this. But anybody's welcome to argue with me about it if you want to. Just come argue with me about it. That's a pastor ordained in the church of the living God. This man sitting up here on the... That's cathedral. You know that's coming, don't you? You know that's coming, don't you? Uh, if nobody else knows it, you and me know it. But this man sitting up here, he don't even have a wife in this building. Well, did you know he's got to be his, his wife's pastor? You know how difficult that is? I know how difficult that is. It's rough. Hardship. Uh, people out in town, oh, you know, you know, <clears throat> uh, I forget the guy's name, but one of the guys that works in the police department uptown said to me one time, I heard you as a hothead. I said, I bet you heard that from one of the church members at Peoples, didn't you? He, he kind of uh, looked, looked at me like, trying to hide the name of the culprit behind his eyes, you know. <laughs> like he thought it might roll up in his eyeballs or something. Sister so-and-so or brother so-and-so told him that I was a hothead. But you know, somebody in this church told him that. I don't know who it was. Probably nobody that's here now, right? That's almost guaranteed. But somebody went uptown and told him the preacher was a hothead. Because that's I guess that was my character. I don't know. I don't know if it was or not. Like if you, if you told me you voted for Joe Biden, I might talk to you again in the next five or six years. I might not. I, you know, it's, but I wouldn't get hot-headed over it. I wouldn't scream and throw stuff around about it. But, you know, um, if you come to a pulpit that God had given me the charge of and you preached about Calvinism, I'd lose my mind. I'd get up the next Sunday and throw stuff around, say that Calvin, he's a devil. And I'd do my best to make sure you knew which side I was on and which side you ought to be on. If that's hot-headed, so be it. And you know, if, if that never happened, but if it did happen, you know what should have happened after that? Everybody in the room should have went out and said, boy, the preacher really hit Calvinism. I mean, told everybody between here and St. George, 
Brother Mike really busted Calvinism last week. That should have been what went on. That should have, that should have been what went on. But see, people don't like that side. When they're talking about character, they, like the, they don't like that kind of stuff. They don't like that kind of stuff. But I don't know why. I mean, how many obvious Calvinists in here? I'm not. So we're on the same side, right? So let me get this right. Like, uh, let's, get, let's be carnal just a minute, right? Like, if we go to see a Clint Eastwood movie, do we want to see Clint Eastwood die? Do we? We want Clint Eastwood to pull them pistols and shoot like nine or ten people, right? And after we, listen, if we go see Clint Eastwood and he pulls them pistols out and shoots nine or ten people, I, listen, that's Friday night's movie night, right? Saturday, I'm calling up all my friends. Hey, I seen Clint Eastwood last night. Man, he pulled that one pistol and shot these three guys over here and pulled these three, this pistol and shoot these three people over here, put it back in, pulled out his, his middle gun and shot the guy, two guys in the center. Man, you should have been there. It was awesome. It was awesome. His hat didn't even move on his head when he'd done that. He was on horseback when he'd done that. His horse was balancing on a big beach ball while he'd done that. And we'd have told him every detail. You, you know I'm telling the truth, don't you? Top gun, he flew up over the top of this thing and turned the plane this way and come over this way and let loose two rockets and hit this guy with one rocket and that guy with the other and the machinery don't even work that way. He's the baddest man who ever sat in an F-18 aircraft. That's the way people talk about it, ain't it? Well, the preacher got kind of out of shape this Sunday and made a couple people mad. And, well, see, you ain't worried about whether it's true or not. You're just worried about his character, his tone of voice. But what did he say? That's why when somebody asked me now, did you hear what Jim King, did you hear Gene, Jim, uh, Gene Kim? I say, I heard what he said, because I heard what he said. Now, well, he's kind of crazy, ain't he? I don't have no idea if he's crazy or not. He's kind of wild, ain't he? I don't have no idea if he's wild or not. He's kind of loud, ain't he? I, I don't really know that too much because that ain't what I'm listening for, especially the first seven or eight times I listen to the guy preach. I ain't listen to his tone of voice or how mean he is or how nice he is. I'm listening. Is he telling the truth? Listen, I tell you what, if I'm the pastor of a church and I go listen to somebody else preach, all I care about is, is he telling the truth or not? Because I guarantee you, I ain't, I ain't inviting him to come stand in the pulpit I've got responsibility for till I find out if he's right or not. And listen, if I've got the choice between a, a nice wrong guy and a and a mean right guy, you get the mean right guy. Amen. Uh, I, I don't, I don't see any other way than that. And if you're a sinner, right is usually mean. Amen. Right is usually mean. Amen. And let me say this: just because you believe it, don't make it so. A lot of people believe a lot of stupid stuff. Amen. A lot of people believe in Joe Biden. Have I made my point there? I don't think I have, don't think I have to labor that point. Amen. Uh, it just because it sounds right, don't make it so. 
Amen. Uh, let me read this. I'm going to read all the notes, then I'm going to preach. Now, me and Nathan talked about this today, and it's, it's very true. If you hear something wrong and right together, it makes the whole thing sound right. If I say something wrong and I put something right in there with it, it makes the whole thing sound right. Now, I'm going to put something wrong and something right in the same sentence. Um, preachers ought to always be nice because God is so loving and kind. That's two different statements. One of them is wrong and one of them is right. But it made the whole thing sound right. Now, I could say that a whole bunch of times and a whole bunch of times and a whole bunch of times, and I could make preachers that are trying to please God feel bad about themselves for standing up. And sometimes people get right, and sometimes people get their feelings hurt, and that's just the way that it is. It's been happening. It's been happening since Cain and Abel got together. It's been happening ever since then. Somebody's told the truth. And somebody got mad and upset about it, and somebody else got as happy as they could be about it. And that's, it's been that way. It's always going to be that way. And what sounds wonderful and great to you is going to be offensive to somebody else. just depends which side you're on. If you're a devil, then, you know, some country singer is going to sound nice and wonderful to you, and it's going to offend your preacher. Amen. If some lady walks in here with yoga pants one time, you pray for yogurt pants, as I like to call them. Hey, you can pray for her. You can have grace about it. She comes back seven or eight times in a row, and the preacher says something about it, and they get mad and run off. Hey, they had the chance seven or eight times to get right. And you see them out at Harvey's, and they say, hey, your preacher's so mean. He said something about my yogurt pants. You say, well, you shouldn't be wearing yogurt pants. And just take the right side on the matter because, hey, you shouldn't be wearing those things. I'm just trusting that there ain't no ladies in here running around in your underwear in public. And I'm taking, I'm taking it for granted you all agree with me on that. But Lord have mercy on you if you're in disagreement with that. Your underwear goes under and, and your overwear goes over. Amen. Amen. Uh, overalls. Right? They go over. They don't go under. But, but listen, these people, there's people in town mad at preachers because they said something about it. That's like going and robbing the bank and the security guard in the bank getting mad about it. Now, I don't go to Harvey's and run around Harvey's going, Hey, you harlots, get out of them. Ain't nobody doing that. Ain't nobody doing that. But you got them on down at church. The preacher ought to say something about it. And if the preacher don't say something about it at least seven or eight Sundays into the situation, you need to start scratching your head about your preacher. Because we're not talking about character, good, nice, wonderful, lovely, cuddly. We're not talking about that. We're talking about is it right? God said, God said, that John the Baptist 
was the greatest prophet that there was, and he did not do one miracle, but everything he said was true, true, true. And that's what, that's what we're worried about, true. Now look at this verse, verse number uh, 43. I am come in my Father's name, and ye receive me not. If another shall come in his own name, him ye re will receive. If another shall come in his own name, him you will receive. That's character Christianity right there. Well, you know, I like that guy. That guy is so dynamic. You sound like a bookworm. That's character Christianity. And if I got a bookworm that's telling me the truth, and I've got a super motivating fella that don't never say nothing, I'm going to take the bookworm. Amen? Amen? Like, listen, if I'm going to school taking math, what do I want, a guy that can teach me math or a guy that can get me motivated about learning math? You say, well, I would take the guy who motivates me to learn math because then I, no, you won't, no, you won't, no, you won't. I know you won't because the people that are after these preachers that motivate them about Learning about, I'm just, when I get, I'm just so excited about Jesus. Yeah, but how come you ain't took off the yogurt pants yet? There's lots of churches that get people excited about Jesus. I know that's true because they post it on Facebook and, and they show all the little services, you know, the little twinkling lights and the black stage and all that stuff and everything looks like a rock concert. But they're, they're talking about Jesus. They're excited about Jesus. But the only problem with that is it ain't the real Jesus. It's, it's Galatians chapter 1, false Jesus. That's the truth. That's the truth of the matter. That's the truth of the matter. If it was the same Jesus, how come they don't love just as I am without one plea? How did that change overnight? It changed overnight because some preacher got up behind the pulpit and he said lots of good things like, Jesus is so wonderful. God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. And I, I love you so much. I love you. I just love you guys. You guys are my heart. I'm so thankful for you guys. I'm real thankful for you guys. I'm just tired of all the hard preaching. I just want to love you, and I want to inspire you. And people eat that stuff up until the church is gone, and the hymns are gone, and the Bible is gone, and all repentance is gone, tears are gone, the altars are gone, Every semblance of what Christianity was 25, 30 years ago. Now, let me ask you this question. How did hymns last 2,000 years? And then all of a sudden, it's rock music and country music and hip-hop music. The Holy Spirit has never, ever, ever inspired one rap Christian song. Never. Never has. Never has. Never will. I would, I would almost I would almost be willing to say that if a fella come up here and plugged in an electric guitar and we was to put Oh How I Love Jesus that's a real song and he started bending the hymns to it. I think the Holy Spirit would get up and walk outside till the 
till the song service was over. I just feel that way about it because that stuff, that don't have nothing to do with worship. It might have. It might be fun. You, listen, you might have a carnal ear that likes it, even if you love the King James Bible, but that don't make it spiritual. Don't make it spiritual. Did you know you could like the King James Bible and unspiritual things at the same time? But you try to mix them up and God will leave you alone. He'll leave you alone. So, Brother Mike, why are you talking to us? We're like the, we're like the core group of the church. Yeah, but the core group of the church can follow the rest of the crowd one at a time. How do you think they got, how do you think they got 4,000 people at this Arise charismatic thing junk that they had going on in Tennessee a couple weeks ago. How do you think they got people like that? Well, just one at a time. Oh, I better, I better not say nothing bad about C.T. Townsend. You know, somebody might, somebody might, you know, think bad of me or call me, you know, mean or something like that. I'm not mean. I'm just on God's side. That junk ain't real. They had that stuff in 1970s when I was growing up. It was called the charismatic movement then. It's still the charismatic movement now. Well, they're all independent Baptists, King James Bible believers. Them charismatics were King James Bible believers in the 1970s, but they ain't now. And you mess, you mess with it now, and you won't be in a decade. And I don't know about you, but I got a nine-year-old boy about the same age as Marshall here, and I intend for my boy to be what I am now and what my preacher was 30 years ago and what his preacher was 50 years ago. Because I got news for you. God ain't changed none. God ain't changed none. You say, well, you know, at one, at one time, uh, these hymns you like now were brand new songs, and somebody back then don't like them. Hey, I'm willing to get rid of those too if you are. I've had them tell me that, Brother Nathan. They'll say, hey, when we all get to heaven was pretty racy for its day. Okay, let's get rid of that one too. I'm not going to argue with you about that. If when we all get to heaven is too racy for you, we'll throw it out. Okay? I'm not going to argue with you about that. You want to make that point? No, they don't want to make that point. They don't care nothing about when we all get to heaven. They want a little George Jones in their, in their giddy up. They want, a little, they want a little rock and roll. Because they, they still like that stuff. I got news for you. I still like it too. My flesh likes rock music as good as it ever did. But my soul don't like it as good as it always did. The Spirit of God don't like it. Listen, when I got saved, I didn't turn around and go, I hate rock music. No, the Holy Ghost come to me and said, I hate rock music. And I said, well, I'm going to pray about that. <laughs> Ain't that the way it happened with you? Now, you might have got an extra dose to the Holy Ghost and been like super spiritual right from the new birth. But that wasn't me. But I started reading my Bible and God started dealing with my heart and a preacher said, hey, the reason you was, the way you was before you got right with God is there was a bunch of junk out there in the world that the devil had his hooks in you through. You need to get rid of some of that stuff. But now they're trying to drag it into church with them. And that's why ladies got yogurt pants on in church today, amen? Amen. Uh, so, Brother Mike, won't you talk about I hadn't saw no fellas come to church with yogurt pants on yet. But, hey, I hadn't been to the gym in four or five months. Last time I went to the gym, 
Planet Fitness. Last time I went to the gym, Brother Tommy, a fella came in with yogurt pants. I said, I can't handle this. I cannot handle this. I went home. I ain't been back since. I need to cancel my subscription, don't I? I thought about going back, but I'm afraid I'll see that guy again. I, I don't want to see that. I hate it that there's men out there that's falling into junk like that. I hate it that there's women doing that too. Amen. I just, I don't get it. But anyway, now I'm going to preach you the message. Okay, I got the notes out of the way. I'm going to preach you the message. He says, verse, uh, verse 39, search the scriptures. That's what you need to do. That's what you need to do. First step to revival is start searching the scriptures. Look what he says. For in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. Look again. Search the scriptures. For in them ye think ye have eternal life. You know what he's telling them? He said, you don't have eternal life. He said, search the scriptures. He's saying, look again. He said, in them ye think ye have eternal life. What he's telling them is, he said, you've been reading your Bible, and what you think is right about that Bible. You've read your Bible, and you said, oh, this is the way it is. I have eternal life. And Jesus is saying, search the Scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. But those things in that Scripture is talking about me, and you don't believe me. So you're wrong about what you think about this Scripture. Amen. Search the Scripture. For in them ye think ye have eternal life. But those scriptures are talking about me. And you don't believe me. So there are a lot of Christians today who are in hot water because they love a preacher more than they love God. Hey, listen, I was trained by preachers. I listened to preachers. I got my doctrine from preachers. And if you said, hey, the gap theory is false. Almost immediately, now I'd say, oh, no, 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 it's true. And almost immediately, my mind would go to, Dr. Ruckman said, Brother so-and-so said, Brother so-and-so said this scripture means that. You know, I was walking in this building, right here in this building. Oh, God, I pray you'd help so-and-so and so-and-so and help so-and-so and help so-and-so and Give him young, give him young as a young and amen. And God help him and God help him. And then after I got done with that, I walked by and I said, Now God, if I'll tell you what, I'm sick of this mess. Lord, if the King James Bible ain't your word, I pray you'd show it to me. Now listen, here's my favorite religion. This is my favorite religion. I like King James Bible believing. Amen. Baptist. Amen. That's what I like. I don't want religion to be any other thing than that. Like, I thought one time, I, I thought this to myself. I said, if the charismatics are right, I'm going to quit. Because it looks stupid. And then I thought to myself, that'd be just like God to make us look foolish. Put us through a little punishment in the flesh. I thought that for real. I was like, oh, Lord, have mercy. Don't let it be the, if we're wrong, don't let it be the charismatics that's right. <laughs> and I'm already married, so don't let it be the Catholics. Because <laughs> if we change religions, I still want to be in charge. I still want to be the pastor. Ain't that what you would think? Don't shake your head, no, because you're a liar. 
Some of you ladies are thinking, boy, if it's the charismatics, I can be the preacher. <laughs> Ain't that right? <laughs> hey, but you know, I got to thinking that way. I was like, man, I don't know what I'd do if I found out we were supposed to be Reformed theologians and all be Calvinists, what will be, will be, and all that junk. And I got to thinking about that a little bit, and I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pray about that. I'm going to pray about that. And so I marched seven times around. I've been 70 times seven. <laughs> marched around this little room right here. God, help me. If there's something I'm believing wrong, help me to see it right. Next thing you know, boy, I don't believe the gap theory. Like, it was almost like, it was almost like um, a revelation from heaven. Like, I, I prayed that, like, on a, a midweek day, like, heading towards church. And I was like, you know, God, if you just help me. I want to, you know, I, I was trained. I was supposed to be trained. Tommy, you're supposed to be trained. Uh, trained. Clinton, you're supposed to be trained. In your Christian life, you're supposed to be trained. Uh, trained, yes, sir. And I was trained myself. Uh, Lord, if I, if I picked up something wrong along the way, and it, if I can learn something that would get me closer, and if I can learn something that's right, even though all my friends believe it, just go ahead and show it to me. And I'll, I'll take your side. I'll take your side. I'll take the side that's right. Not the side that's more pleasant. Not the side I like the best. Not the side I want to be right. You show me which side you'll be, you're on. And I'll take. And I, listen, I wasn't really thinking about the gap theory. But I mean, it must have passed through my head and in my mind when I was thinking about that. So, you know, just think about all the stuff. Angels and, you know, Genesis 6 and different stuff like that. I think to myself, man, you know, I don't want to be wrong about none of that stuff. And, you know, it came down just like it come down from the heavens. Y'all ever heard that expression before? <laughs> I, uh, I was sitting right in here just trying to get my mind right and stuff, and I thought to myself, the gap theory ain't true. I had no proof. I mean, I had all the proofs for why it was right. I didn't have no proofs yet that it was anything wrong with it. And I said to myself, that ain't right. That ain't right. I said, Lord, that ain't right, is it? And he said, I don't know. Look at Genesis 1-1 and find out. And I looked at Genesis 1-1 and lo and behold, there ain't no gap there. I mean, people are still trying to figure out what the, the actual words on the paper means. They're, they ain't even figured all that out yet and they're already figuring stuff out between the verses. I said, I said, okay, okay, God. It was almost like for this one instant, God going to tell me what was right before I even got in there and started looking. And lo and behold, I got in there and looked at it, right? And just look up the verses that, that you've been using to prove it was right. And I looked them all up. And, Man, that ain't what, that, what I thought that said. Wouldn't, that ain't what it was at all. I just took his word for it and went on about it. And I took somebody's word for it and saw it on the page. And I, I've searched the scriptures. I've been studying the gap theory. No, no, you haven't. No, you haven't. You heard what he said and you looked at it. You, just exactly what he says here in John 5. Search the scriptures. In them you think you have eternal life, but those things talk about me. You know what Genesis 1-1 talk about? They talk about the Father. They ain't talking about no gap. You know what the next thing I did? I saw this timeline that's, I guess... Somebody put it out, I don't know. I like Dr. Ruckman, but listen, gap theory ain't right, if, even if Dr. Ruckman does believe it. But I saw this poster, I think Dr. Ruckman, and it starts with Lucifer. 
That ain't the way my Bible starts. Genesis 1 1, what does it say? Must start with God. <laughs> Don't start with Lucifer, it starts with God. And just from there, things just, that gap theory thing fell apart. He said, you know what? Okay. And now I can talk to people that believe the gap theory, and they're like, well, you know, what about this? What about it? It don't hurt my feelings if they believe it. It don't hurt my feelings if they, you know, if they say I'm a weirdo or a fanatic or any stuff like I mean, people say, well, you know, the gap theory, it really doesn't matter. But when you say you don't agree with it, oh, that guy don't believe the Bible. I thought it didn't matter. Oh, I thought we was independent Baptists. See, it's really just character Christianity. What they're afraid of is if the gap theory is wrong, then Dr. Ruckman's wrong. And then Dr. Doolittle's wrong and Dr. So-and-so's wrong. But that ain't, listen, if your favorite preacher's wrong about something, that don't make God wrong about it. God's going to always be right about the thing. Like, the, I mean, the thing you're going to have to convince me of, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. You'll have, you have to disconvince me of that. That, that probably ain't even a word. Disconvince is probably not even a word. But you'll have to d disconvince me. I don't believe there's no gap there. I believe it's all there. I believe Genesis 1-1 is a statement, and the rest of the chapter is just a description of that statement. No problem. Yeah, but between the verses, I don't see nothing between the verses. Well, this other verse over in Jeremiah says, you better read that again because it don't say what you thought it said. Well, brother so-and-so said, well, see, that's what he's saying here. Search the scriptures. For in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they, the scriptures, are they, the scriptures, which testify of me. This book about God. Hey, listen, this book ain't about the gap theory. This, hey, this book ain't about no angels in Genesis 6. I'm not saying they're not there. I'm just saying the book ain't about that. And would you believe, Brother Tommy, that there's a lot of Christians that's more interested in the gap theory? Again, let me say again. If somebody believes the gap theory, I don't care. You don't get saved by believing or not believing the gap theory. I'm okay with that. I just think it's wrong, that's all. But see, the way that I, the way that, the way that I came to not believe it is to stop caring about some other preacher's character. And whether some other preacher was going to be demeaned by not believing or not agreeing with me, listen, that is not important. And when you, when you have a preacher that will stand up and tell you the truth, you've got a blessing. And if you don't think you're being told the truth, you can go home and search the scriptures and find out if it's true or not. And if you say, well, hey, the preacher said this, and I see this verse, and it looks like a, a disagreement. Then you come back to the preacher that you were dealing with and you said, hey man, you said this the other day and preacher, I prayed for you before I come over here. But you said this the other day and I was reading this scripture and it kind of looks like different than what you were saying. Explain it to me. But you see, do you know how much pride you got to get rid of 
before you go to another fella. Here's what you feel like. Here's what you feel like when you have to do Because you're so independent and so proud. This is, Come down here and sit right here. Sit right here on this step right here. You're so, we are so stinking proud that this is, this, what I just done up there, sit up on the top step there. This is, this is what we feel like when we have to do that. Oh, great and mighty. Oh, great and mighty Oz. Would you please explain to me what you meant when you... See, that's what you think. You, you, think, if, you think if you don't understand something and you've got to go ask your pastor or some preacher about what he's talking about, you think that's... You think that somebody's going to build a neon sign down on the main street of Folkston and say, Tommy don't know what Genesis 1-1 means. And nobody's going to do that. Nobody's going to do that. No, half of the Baptist preachers, probably more than that, probably 90% of Baptist preachers would rather cut their own throat than to go to somebody and say, hey, I was wrong about that. And you're right about that. You, you know what? You know who people talk about? Either they talk good about a, a God preacher. They talk good about, you know, the man. You know, somebody that's got 4,000 people coming to their charismatic meeting, they'll talk about those guys. You know what they'll do? They'll say, man, C.T. Townsend had 4,000. He ain't even got a third of what that old fellow out there in Texas has got. Small change, ain't it? Well, anyway, I think Jesus had 5,000. Anyway, some well-known guy like Dr. Ruckman that they can't touch, they'll talk good about him. Think about this now. When's the last time you heard an everyday ordinary preacher say something like, folks, that guy down there in Folkston that's got like, you know, 20 people in the church, that guy, he really showed me a thing or two. They ain't going to do that. You know why? Too much pride. Too much pride. They'd, they'd rather be wrong. They'd rather be wrong about something and stick to the memory of some fella that's been dead because the dead guy don't take nothing away from their pride. They'd rather stick with the dead guy that was wrong because they all see themselves as the, the next guy. I'm the next doctor. I'm sorry, there ain't no next Dr. Ruckmans. I'm the next Lester Roloff. There ain't no next Lester Roloff. Like, if God needs another Lester Roloff, I believe he's well-versed in raising the dead. You can give it back. Like God is well-versed in raising the dead. Uh, he's real good at it. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. God step out in any graveyard he wants to and said, here lies Lester Roloff. Get up, boy. Yeah. Lester pop right up. Lord said, here, I bought you this suit. You smell kind of bad, Lester. 
take a shower and put this suit on. I need you to go down here at this church and preach. He can do that anytime he wants to. But I'm afraid what God's left with is men that's too proud to learn from other people and, and too proud to say, hey, I was wrong about that. I, I think I gave you a good example many times from this pulpit. Get up and say, hey, I was wrong about that. That's my fault. You ought to be able to do that. You ought to be, and I think being able to do that was able to, you know, it's pretty difficult. Like I've had some major arguments, Brother Tommy, about gap theory. It's, I mean, pro-gap theory. Hey, man, look this. Look at this. Look at this. Major argument. And I have to go back now and say, ooh, I was wrong about that. <laughs> that changes a lot. Changes a lot. But you know why you can't get over stuff like that? Because of what we've got now is we've got character Christianity. We've got these guys who are super, what's the word, gurus. They're gurus. They're not pastors, they're gurus. They got all the answers. They're not wrong about nothing. They've, they've got the mantle of Elijah. They are, you know, and nothing they say is wrong. Everything that, even though everything around them is falling apart, Christianity's falling apart because of this mess. And we got preachers that can't listen to Cody's arm because he's too loud, or they can't listen to Brother Nathan because he's too studious. They can't listen to this guy over here because he's got this problem, that guy over there because he's got that problem. That, you know, that guy believes in this, so I can't listen to him. Well, is it, wait, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. Is it, is it because he's got this flaw? Or is it because he just ain't your flavor? See, see what he says here. He says, he says, I am come in my Father's name and you receive me not. If another shall come in his own name, him you will receive. And that's usually what it comes down to. People like the preacher that says, I did this and I did that and I did this and I done that and I done this thing right here and I done that and bless God Tommy, I went over there and I told him this and I done that thing right there and I done this and I done that and I'm going to do it again. I'm going to do it some more time so you keep supporting me now. I know how to fix this. I fixed it. Lord, help you if you ever get a preacher that cries with no tears. I, I can't stand it. I just, I'm so heavy burdened. Well, where's your tissue at, first of all? Right? Ah! I got such a heavy burden. But see, you like that. Because he cares. That guy really cares. Guy come in like that, listen. Guy come in like that and get up here and start playing that game, come in their own name. I just, and I, and 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 you eat that up. That's what he said. He said if somebody comes in their own name, you like that. You pull out your checkbook. You ain't gave $50 to the church all year. Write them a $5,000 check. Boy, I tell you what, I'm really going to get behind this. And somebody comes in, I tell you what, right now, Chris, if you don't get right with God, boy, I'm telling you, things going to turn out bad for you, man. 
Hey, you better get right with God before he gets you. Knowing that it has more likelihood of making you mad than repentant. Huh? Hey, that's what, hey, how can I get behind that preacher? How can I get behind that? And you know what? Here's, now, here's the message now. You know what you ought to do? I don't care if you're this fella's size or this fella's size or this lady's age. It doesn't make no difference. What you ought to do is you ought to get up and say, get home on your telephone again. Boy, let me tell you what. I was just down at the house of God. Oh, and this preacher boy, I tell you what. Man, he opened up the Bible. Yeah. Hmm? That's right. Boy, he explained that like, no, hey, was he an exciting preacher? No, 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 I'm not talking about that. I mean, he just opened the Bible and explained it. Man, he explained that so good like you ain't never seen in your life. And just, have, have you ever even thought about talking good about the preacher you got instead of dreaming about that high-powered preacher that you ain't got that preacher that doesn't know your name never prayed for you don't know your son's name or your daughter's name or your cousin's name never thought about that I mean never Mentioned you in prayer. Never looked at his Bible one time and said, Boy, I tell you what, God, if you just give me something to give old Tommy. I tell you, you don't know what it's like. I, maybe you do, I don't know. But when you pray and you sit down with your Bible and you say, Man, Lord, I know, I know Dylan going to be there this week. I want you to give me something that's going to get right in Dylan's heart, right in Clinton's heart, right in Tommy's heart, and do something for him. And then get up there and preach. Man, I tell you what, that, that is the guy. Oh, well, here's, here's, here's what happens. See, I'm preaching like this, and here's what happens. Here's what happens with independent Baptist churches. I ain't worshiping no man. Do you, you hear how right that sounds? Do you hear how right that sounds? We don't worship men, do we? As soon as you start saying, hey, call your friend. If I said, call your friends, tell them about Jesus, be right on that, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? Am I right? That sounds right, don't it? And if I say, boy, we don't worship no man, sounds right too, don't it? But let me, let me show you something. Let me tell you something here tonight. This will give you revival in the church. I promise you it will. I'm not talking about worshiping Nathan. Nathan's, Nathan's a, a newbie. Ain't he? Don't get mad at me, Nathan. Nathan's a newbie. A newbie. He's been pastoring three years, right? Just over three years. Three years, two months. About that. Something like that. Newbie. He got a lot to learn. He'll grow. He'll become a better preacher. Amen. There are better preachers on this planet than Nathan. But let me say, you don't have them. You don't have a better preacher. 
I'm not even the one that ought to be crying about that. You, People's Baptist Church, hey, I'll even say this, folks in Georgia don't have a better pastor than Nathan. I started to say novice twice. He's not a novice. He is a newbie, though. Three years is still new, amen? Y'all ain't even done with your honeymoon yet. So, some folks around here left before the honeymoon was over. Amen. Amen. You don't have a better pastor than Brother Nathan. And I'm not talking about worshiping Nathan. I'm not talking about burning a, a sacrificing a calf to Nathan. Of course, if y'all wanted to have a pig picking, <laughs> amen, sacrifice the fatted hog, amen, just don't sacrifice it to Nathan, but let him have some of it, amen, let him have a Coke and, you know, a ham or two off of it, and amen, amen, instead of roasting and sacrificing the preacher, roast a pig and let the preacher have part of it, amen. But what, I, what I'm trying to get across to you tonight, man, is, is you got a good Bible. You got a good set of beliefs that are biblical, as far as you know, right? I mean, until you figure out something that's biblically wrong so you can talk to him about it, go ahead and get on board. Because we're not talking about is he fiery, is he lively, is he mean, is he nice, is he sweet. Is it, we're not talking about that. We're not talking about, I'm not talking about have you heard Brother Nathan. We're talking about, I'm talking about have, did you hear what he said? Yeah, that's right. And with all the problems that there might be with Brother Nathan or Brother Mike or Alan Ryman or Cody Zorn or Dr. Ruckman, is what he said right or is it wrong? And can you deal with those things? That's the issue. And if you can deal with them, then boy, I'd go home and say, Hey, the, I'm, I'm not talking about tonight when there's nothing to talk about. I'm just talking about when he gets up on Sunday morning and preaches. I mean, hey, he'll give you the benefit of the doubt. Just sit there and be quiet like you normally do and listen to what he preaches. And if what he preaches is true, I mean, if you don't know, go home and look it up. Go home and look it up. And then if it's true, pick up your phone. And call somebody who ain't in church, who might be in church, who goes to a dead church, whatever the case might be, and go, man, let me tell you what. What is it, man? Man, I heard the best message ever. Oh, the best message ever. I'm have to preach five more minutes on that. What is the best message ever? Well, why ain't you excited about all of them? Well, you don't understand. Brother Nathan is more like a teacher. And, it, you know, sometimes it takes a long time to explain. And we get kind of, re- you see, I understand that I went to high school too. I understand that too. But, see, we're not talking about mathematics. We're not talking about English grammar. We're talking about the words on the most blessed book that there ever has been. The truest, the rightest, the holiest book that there's ever been. And somebody gets up and says, now turn to Ephesians chapter 1, and we will now discuss the subject of predestination 
and how God has adopted you and give you a predetermined appointment to stand before God in righteousness and holiness. Well, it sounds kind of flat, but the truth about what was just said, man, let me tell you what, my preacher just preached about, I mean, man, I'll tell you what, he opened up the Bible and made us understand that, listen, this dirty old filthy shell is going to fall away one day and I'm going to stand before God in righteousness and true holiness. Man, you, you, you have got to come hear this man preach. A lot of people in town already got the idea. Well, he's kind of mean. He's kind of studious. He's kind of like a school teacher. A lot of people already got that, that idea. Where did they get the idea from? They got little spies in here. Hmm? 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 You're not afraid to lift up Brad Pitt. You're not afraid to talk about how great Tom Cruise is. You're not afraid to talk about what a great quarterback Peyton Manning is. You know I'm telling the truth. I, I know maybe you ladies ain't talking about Peyton Manning, but uh, what's the lady who has the cooking ware? There goes that point. <laughs> I'm actually talking about a different one. What? Oh, yeah. Pioneer woman. Yes, sir. See, you know about that, don't you? You like it? Huh? Do you like it? Is it good stuff? Mm-hmm. You like, you like making cups. You ever talked about that? Yes, sir. Yes, you have. Have you ever sold one? Can I preach to you? You ever sold one? How'd you get it done? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We serve Christ. Yeah, but you better start selling him. See, that's why I can't preach a message like that. I can't preach this message. At my church. I can't preach. I'm not the pastor. I'm a pastor there. But I, I can preach that message here. But listen, we're not really talking about selling him, are we? But we're talking about a program that's already set. It's already instilled here. The Christian religion is already set here. And he represents it for People's Baptist Church. As far as I'm concerned, he represents it for Folkestone, Georgia. I don't know of any other churches in Folkestone, Georgia. I don't know of any other churches within 100 miles of here that I would go to. That's straight talking. Listen, I'm not, uh, I'm not talking myself. I'm not talking about myself, am I? I'm talking, about, I'm talking about you. I'm talking about this. As far as I'm concerned, you've got, you've got the best thing going within 100 miles of here. Maybe more. Maybe more. There's nicer buildings. There's bigger buildings. There's churches with gymnasiums. There's churches with gymnasiums and fellowship halls. There's churches with finer seats and better carpet. And there's churches with a lot more air conditioning. Amen? I can tell you that firsthand. I know that for a fact. But there ain't no church around here got what you got. Not one. I'd be, I'd be, I'd be more excited about that than Rachel Ray... God help Nathan for knowing that. 
Amen. I'm going to talk to him about that after church. Hey, but if people don't know what's going in on around here, it's because you ain't selling it. You know, I, I would like to preach to the Southern Baptists across the street, but now I'm talking to you. You ain't selling it. Every kid your age, you live in St. George, right? Every kid your, listen, every kid your age in St. George ought to, no, man, there's a fiery man of God up there. That's right. yep. He's kind of studious, ain't he? Kind of even killed, ain't he? Ain't he? Ain't he? You think I ain't ever heard him preach before? He's kind of studious, ain't he? Kind of like a school teacher kind of, ain't he? Ain't he? Answer me, boy. <laughs> Say, yes, sir. Uh, ain't he? Yes, sir. I can't hear you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. See, you don't know it, but I'm making my second point. <laughs> Listen, let me make you a promise. If Brother Nathan gets up Sunday morning to preach, and you go, come on, preacher! It ain't going to stay tame very long. Amen. Is it? No, sir. But you're sitting down here. What's he going to drill into us this week? Did you know, I'm going to help these boys out. I hope I ain't keeping you too long. I'm going to help these boys out. Like, look, if you get around some girls in like 10 years from now, you get around some girls and they go, <laughs> you're going to go home sad. Ain't he? If you come up and sit there and there's a girl sitting here and you sit down and look over at her and grin like you're doing now and she goes. <laughs> then you're going to go home to your mother and say, Mama, why am I so ugly? <laughs> am I telling truth about human behavior now? But look. If you come in next Sunday and sit down there and there's a pretty girl sitting over here and she goes, oh, what's your name? You're not going to run to your mom and say, why are you so ugly? She's going to have to give you a whooping because you're going to be walking around the house for the next week. I'm pretty. I'm a he-man. Am I telling the truth? Uh -huh. If she runs away, you're sad. If she starts grinning and getting all close, you're happy. That's going to affect you for weeks on end.
Then Brother Nathan will be coming home. Brother Mike, I need you to pray for me, my friend. I don't know if I'm doing much good, which he's never done that. I'm not saying he's ever done it. I'm just saying the same way that little boy reacts to that little girl and that little girl reacts, and you know the, the way it causes you to, yeah, that same thing goes on in here when somebody's trying to preach. Amen. Somebody gets up there and opens their Bible and says, turn to John. Glory to God for John. And God said, glory, preacher. I'm not saying cause a scene or interrupt at the wrong times, but I'm telling the truth right there. Preacher preached five or six weeks and two or three people leave and the, re- the people that didn't leave gets all depressed about it. And I'm not saying you can't love people and be upset when people leave, but I'm saying, hey, don't forget, you're still here. Your preacher's still here. There's still something to shout about. The Bible's still true. Every time the preacher gets up to preach, you ought to be saying, man, he's going to teach us something today. Go ahead, Preacher. And start shouting a little bit and hollering a little bit. And when something's right, go, Amen. Yeah. Every once in a while, y'all say, Say it again, preacher. Repeat that right there. Okay. <laughs> Some of us might pass out if we heard that. Somebody got that little. I do that, I do that up there at Faith when people come in late, I say. I'm just kidding, but anyway, a lot of people look at you like that while you're preaching. But if it was your favorite preacher, would you do that? Huh? If it was Dr. Ruckman, would you do that? I've seen people sit and ask Dr. Ruckman questions for hours and hours and hours. I'm talking about sit there three hours asking questions. But if somebody's talking about how to get revival... It's revival, man. It's almost 9 o'clock, man. It's, it's different, ain't it? What? Yeah. I'll tell you what. You know what I would do if I was you tonight? I, I'd get on this altar. I wouldn't get off of it till I was excited yeah, about what was going on right here. Man, maybe they are having good meetings somewhere else. Maybe some other preacher is lighting it up. But I guarantee you, Brother Tommy, if there's a preacher somewhere else that's lighting it up and people are getting saved, I guarantee you that there's people sitting in the... This preacher, he's got the power of God when he preaches people. But I guarantee you, if there's a preacher somewhere that's lighting it up, as they say, and he's preaching and people getting saved, I guarantee you there's a congregation sitting there going, Yeah! Yeah! And I guarantee you that they're going saying, Did you hear Brother So-and-so? Did you hear what he said? Did you hear that sermon? Did you hear that, man? It was the greatest sermon ever. I guarantee, listen, that's what they say about the, the people. That's what they say about those big name preachers. And somebody says, hey, listen to me now. Listen to this. They say, I went to this, ser- I went to this church and I heard this sermon. It was the best sermon I ever heard. And so the next time somebody goes to hear it, somebody goes with them. And somebody goes with them, and next thing you know, people are driving 100 miles to hear that preacher. That's the way it works. 
They don't follow people down to the church to hear somebody that made them mad or run this guy off or run that guy off. They don't, they don't get that. that. But if that's all that this town knows, they ain't coming. The people that hear, the people that are here and love it, don't proclaim that they're here and they love it louder than the people that have left and hate it. That's what they get. That's what they get. That's what they get. You have to be louder than your detractors. And listen, are you here? Are you here, Chris? Chris, are you here? Well, listen, what they think about him, they think about you. That's it. Are you here, Tommy? What they think about him, they think about you. And what they think about you, they think about him. There's no difference. There's no difference. No difference. Now, I said I wanted you to hear this. I want you to hear this. Have you seen the country? You seen the mess it's in? You know why people are accepting homosexuality? You know why they're accepting liberalism? You know because people are standing on street corners going, We're proud of this. We're happy with this. Look at this actress that played this part that promotes who we are. Look at this actor who promotes this lifestyle that and they're preaching it as hard and as strong and as matter-of-factly as any Bible-believing preacher on this planet is preaching what they believe. Are they going to out-promote you? That's a question only you can answer. Amen? I've never found a man I agreed with 100%. They're few and far between. But I know some men I love. I, and they're not all dead. They're not all preachers that I can't associate with because they're too big for me. The guys I love, hey, if I wasn't a pastor of the church, I'd, be a, I'd, come, I'd move here and be a member of this one. Amen? Amen. He's younger than you and, th- and this and that. What difference does that make? Amen. You, got, you have one of the best pastors in the United States. You okay with that? I don't care if you are or not because I said it, amen. That's right. But I tell you, one of the, one of the, one of, one of, not the only, but one of the steps for you getting revival here is to realize we got something here. We got something here. And it's not just Brother Nathan. It's what he stands for. It's what he believes. It's what he preached. It's who he is. Listen, I'm around preachers all the time. Listen, I hear them say cuss words. I hear them talk filthy. I see them cry tears. I see them cry in their sermons, but don't shed no tears. That's false. That's fake. That's foolish. That's unholy. Listen, you don't know what you've got. Well, Brother Mike, you're worshiping a man. I'm not worshiping a man. I'm telling you that you've got a preacher that don't cuss when he's out with his friends. He's not running around on his wife. He's not... He's not leaving his wife because she don't look like a supermodel. Huh? Huh? The popular preachers are on their third wives because they can't stay with their wife after she's had two or three children. You got one that's sticking with his. Huh? You got a preacher that's honest about his humanity and he calls up 
some of the preachers that he sat under like his dad and like myself and say, hey, I got this problem or this or that or the other thing or I don't understand this. You know how hard it is for a pastor to call another pastor and say, I don't understand this. What about this? Help me understand this. Amen. You got one. You, got, you know why he would swallow his pride and do that? Yeah, right. To come give it to you. Yeah. To come give it to you. I'm not telling you to worship him, but I am telling you to get behind him. Hey, listen, you'll never get revival till you do. You'll never turn this thing around and start heading in the right direction until you do. Amen. We ought to go in the highways and hedges and tell them about Jesus first and foremost. But Jesus also gave you a pastor. Amen. Amen. I believe that with all my heart. Lord, thank you for your goodness and for your grace tonight. Lord, I've said some things. Lord, this... I can say, I believe I can say these things here because I was the pastor of this church. And Lord, I know what it's like pastoring in a small area where everybody knows everything. I know how difficult it is sometimes, God, to deal with certain things. But I know also that this church has a bunch of good folks in it. And Lord, I believe that also the devil puts a lot of pressure on people not to speak up about certain things. And it, uh, just like, Lord, preaching this message, Lord, it, to me it feels like, you know, man worship or something like that. And no doubt some fool somewhere will say, Brother Mike, you know, lifted up Nathan unduly. But I don't believe that, God. I believe, I believe preachers need to be promoted. I believe the, the, the gospel that they're preaching needs to be promoted. I believe the operation and the works of the church need to be promoted. And, and to have somebody saying good things about them not just people saying bad things about them all the time and, and let the bad news be the thing that promotes the church. Lord, I believe the people in it are here because they love it. And I pray you'd help them. I pray you'd have mercy. I pray you'd give them power to speak the things that ought to be spoke about the gospel, about the word of God, about this place. And God, help. The, Lord, they've got a, a pastor here, Lord, that doesn't come in his own name and promote his own self but preaches the word of God. To this people, and I believe this people loves the Word of God. I just pray you'd help them, Lord, to organize themselves behind the works of this church, make it the first works. And I'll thank you and praise you, dear God, for everything that you do.